Oi, oi, oi. It's your boy, Bro Fresh. Oi, oi, oi. Down on If you haven't watched the anime Jujutsu Kaisen yet, and you don't know who Gojo Sensei is, then your oi, oi, oi is awful, and you need to get on that. Colton, how you doing? Good. I did not watch anime. Um, what it's did okay. you call yourself? An anime weeb? What was the last time when I said you were an anime expert, you called yourself a, a weeb? What was the right word? Yeah, weeb. Weeb. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep yeah. That. So it's like short for weeaboo, and that's just like oh. a sort of derogatory, like Westerners who think they're got it. Into I thought it Japanese was short culture. for dweeb. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, same. It's in the same ballpark yeah. range of meaning, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, a couple episodes ago, I was talking about QT and like maybe our favorite gas station snacks. I've Quick referenced trip. QT's new uh, cinnamon bun cookie. Like, mm. way back in first season. Mm. And, uh, yo, our local QT, the Wrecker and McDowell QT, for all you local listeners and Colton who knows the spot too well, just all remodeled well. the middle of the store, dog. Wait, so, like, where the, the cashiers and stuff are at? No, cashiers stayed where they're at. But you know, like, the roller grill and, like, where the donuts were? Yeah, oh, I know where the donuts were. Both of those aisles just... Wait, gone. what? Where, what's, yeah. what's in the place of them? And the place of it now is like a walkway, and everything is now like islanded out. Like everything is isolated, and you've got like even more little smaller pillars of snacky snacks. Got it. Everywhere. There's still donuts and though, right? Yeah, the donuts okay, are still good. there. They're just not in a consistent. You know what's actually place. crazy, dog? I used what to up? get the maple bars from there all the time, and then when I came right. back in town not too long ago, I got one, and I'm like. This isn't good. I don't know what Dude, happened to me. Not good it's like when uh, it's like when I used to. I loved goldfish growing up, but Word. now I'm a Cheez-Its guy. I don't know what happened to me. Something Whoa! Happened to my taste buds. What? So, anyway. dude. Okay, you've ascended. How Either way, uh, dude. I don't... How does our friend Trent feel about the remodel? He not to not to throw Trent under the bus. Trent, you know yeah, I love you. Second, but he yeah, he, he he's kind of just seems like a gas station guy in some ways to me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Trent, like Trent loves we'll a good gas station snack. Point. <laughs> yeah well we he does he does and he criticized my gas station snack choices oh but oh my gosh he's probably he's, a gas he's station correct snack snob i think he's correct he doesn't like it it just doesn't seem intuitive to us and maybe we just got to get used to it but the more i think about it you know like i wish we wouldn't have tried to make it seem more modern because i'm like bro it's qt yeah like you don't have to make this all hipster swag chillin yeah. It's a gas station snack. And I know it's on the higher end of gas stations. But anyways. Change is hard, right? It is Ryan. what it is. Change is hard. Yeah, change is hard, know? man. It is. Like for you Which guys, brings us to our episode, huh? For you guys, it's the change of the layout nope. of one part of a gas station. And yes. for others, you know, it's having to wear a mask in public. So yeah. we're all going through a or lot of like serious changes. Affirmative action, which is, <laughs> you know, like, oh. Affirmative action get, is reverse racism. Help here? Yeah, hundred percent reversed, hundred percent. Um, we're actually going to talk about re- uh, affirmative action in a different episode when we talk about reparations, um, and when we talk about representation because they're kind of connected in both of those. But that's right, Ryan. We are talking about reverse racism today, and Skirt. the common quote. Well, I've experienced racism from black people before. And it's oh, like, oh man, I love that. White one. people have been oppressed too. Yeah, which. 
let's talk about that. Cause may- yeah, let's maybe. talk about it. I don't know. It depends on what we mean by these words. Uh, so, yeah, Colt, maybe you could a- answer the white people have been oppressed question. It's Well, I my people, the Sicilians, weren't considered white until literally like 60, 70 years ago. Um, so even us, it's like we were oppressed, but not because we were white, but because we were dark. <laughs> <laughs> even we even the reason people didn't like Italians was because we were darker skinned, um, even though now we're white. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so uh, let's talk about racism in general. For those listening, uh, there is some disagreement, I'd say, right now between maybe conservatives and progressives or just people in general on what actually racism is. Obviously, some people think racism is just individual prejudice against another race. That might be the most basic definition. Other people think that's one of the definitions, but also racism can exist on a systemic level. Um, and yeah. then other people would say that racism is not just prejudice, but prejudice plus power. So therefore, black people cannot be racist because they are not inherently in dramatic systems of power over white people. So since racism is prejudice plus power, black people can't be racist towards white people. They can only be prejudiced towards white people. All that is to say, Ryan, uh, how do all those definitions <laughs> land with you? Uh, what, do, what do you think about those? Yeah, you know, prejudice plus power, that's an interesting one. I need to sit down with that one a little bit more because the concept of racism was created because we had to subjugate dark people, black people, and people that weren't Anglo-Saxon. So we had to make race up in order to have the, ex- yeah. the race wasn't Western like expansion. A thing. We, or not Western expansion. It was a Slave justification trade. for... Yeah are evil right and so then when you reverse the justification for for evil it's like okay that's like betting on a bet that isn't actually going to happen which is how 2008 wall street crash happened with <laughs> cdos it's like you're betting on something and like that, some of our reddit stonk guys yeah. going against the uh whatever those things are when they short when they bet on the short whatever i don't even know what the thing's called but you know they know the people yeah know. So so it's hard for me to say and create a framework of prejudice plus power. Power makes sense. Um but but like reverse race like reverse the thing you made up that isn't really a thing but but now has consequences. It's hard. Yeah. So so yeah. Um I do think uh if if the roles were uh changed and it was like black people specifically in power and had a history of subjugating uh yeah. anglo european people then yeah it'd be like okay um we we can talk about that but that's not really what's happening yeah. uh, so the definitions fall flat of convincing for me that's what i'll say yeah well and i think it say your your understanding of racism is prejudice plus power which is a more progressive understanding of racism or say your understanding of racism is just individual prejudice like ill feelings towards someone of a different race regardless we're kind of we're just using different words to talk about the same processes so it, the words we it's not helpful to argue over what racism is when they're just using two definitions, maybe we should just talk about what actually is happening. It's happening. <laughs> Rather yes. than trying to label it. Because at the end of the day, I think most black people would say, even progressives, would say that black people can be prejudiced towards white people. They just wouldn't call it yeah. racism. But that's yeah. the same definition that white people mean when they say racism. So it, it we're just using different words Semantics. to describe the same thing. Um, but specifically, let's talk about like reverse racism. Um because this is like a common moniker, and I have I have this friend. His name's Ryan. He's an eight. Um, not you, Ryan. Other Ryan. Uh, 
not our other Ryan, who's a seven. This is the eight Ryan. I have a lot of Ryans in my life. <laughs> Hello, um, I'm Ryan three. Yeah, yeah, three Ryan, seven Ryan, eight Ryan. Um, Good. But he 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 like clapped back in not in like a joking way because I made some comment about reverse racism. And he says, "Oh, you just mean racism." <laughs> Because, like, you know, it can't be reverse racism. It's just racism because you're being racist towards a different race. And I'm like, oh, that's actually fair. So I think dumb. all these words are kind of stupid at times. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about some stats. Um, 30% of whites say they have <laughs> – every time I say whites, there's something yeah, inside of me that giggles a little bit. Because <laughs> yeah, you don't – like, we'll say blacks and, you know, no one will no one say says bad and whites. I. Uh, but whites. Okay, 30% of whites say they have experienced racism – um, before with two percent saying they experience it regularly so that's not super high numbers but still 30 percent of whites say they've experienced racism um and we'll talk more about some stats here in a second but one of the things i want to hit on before we get into more stuff ryan is i think the cries sometimes of black on white racism is kind of a whataboutism not that it's not a legit thing that i care about as a as a follower of jesus and people hating one another but it's often only brought up when there's white on black racism, if that makes sense. Yep. No one's talking about reverse racism until someone brings up racism, racism. <laughs> yeah. So like no, when reverse racism doesn't exist until we talk about racism. Which... Exactly. So like when George Floyd uh, was murdered, there was this big movement for like a few days after it called Justice for Cannon, um, which was about this little white kid that was killed by like a black middle-aged man. Um, yeah. And they're saying, why is anyone talking about this? No one cares about it when it's uh, black. When and white the colors are reversed. Yeah. yeah. And so, again, I care deeply about what happened to that kid. Um, I care deeply about hate that might be in that uh, black man's heart. But when it's only brought up in the context of white on black police brutality or white on black racism, it makes it hard for me to want to take it seriously. Like, if you actually feel you've been like subjugated under black people and you, they've been racist towards you, man, I really want to have my heart be softened towards that but when it only comes up in the context of white on black racism it makes it seem more like just a bargaining chip rather than an actual yep. lived reality that you're experiencing so that's just uh <laughs> that's one yeah, little and, thing you know i've got friends who've literally or legitimately experienced like uh, groups of latino or groups of black um black men like make fun of them or you know call them a slur or call them a name or like try to start a fight. Like I get that. I get that. But those instances are almost always in a vacuum of one off, not in the inherent structures of America. Yeah. Uh, and it's and not so, necessarily as historical. No, that's like, man, that's a personal experience and I'm sorry, but it's not like the shared experience of every white person you've ever talked to or like, you, you know, it's just not meta in that sense. So that doesn't mean I don't take it seriously. It's just, I interpret that differently than, see what about this like it, it's not really in yeah history books well and it's like one of those things when someone's like see your personal life what about this and it's like okay so yeah. are you using that to say i shouldn't care about george floyd like what what is the purpose yeah. of bringing that like what is your end hope here right other than just to yeah. say i'm a hypocrite for not caring about this other one it's so that's why it's just it's difficult um and i, I mean i should have mentioned this in the last episode about the n-word um, but like growing up as a kid, right. I don't even know if I've told you this before, but I, I've been called the N word, um, by white people, um, and by black people. Um, oh, yeah. because I, I do at times I think we have talked about this before. look a little <laughs> racially ambiguous. Um, yeah. You could be my cousin. 
especially after a week in Florida. Um, yeah, but good luck. So like I've had I've had experiences like that. I've had you know I play basketball, so there's times where you know I feel cornered, like at street ball or pickup ball, and like getting called a cracker or whatever. Sure. Um, so I get it. I get it. There are times where it feels like I'm being targeted due to my whiteness. But again, that's like Ryan's saying. It's that's not rooted in a historical thing it's not rooted in anything systemically we'll talk about affirmative action another one if you want to talk about that um but it's more of just like a again it's just prejudice it's not as as far reaching as we understand racism um so ryan i want to read a a little excerpt here from david brooks um who's a popular political think thinker um and so david brooks in one of his articles shows that every group feels like they have been victimized um, and so this often leads to like siege mentality and tribalism. Um, and so this often stopped us from seeing other victims. So even if you have experienced racism, it it kind of distracts you from seeing the greater issues, the other issues or the other pain. So Ryan, do you see like in your own life, you know, being a black man experiencing white racism in a white society, but do you still see sometimes when white people get <laughs> crapped on for being white or, do you see the reverse racism or the prejudice um, from your black perspective? Yeah, and for for when I when I see that, uh, a part of me goes, "Man, like, see how it feels." Like, kind of like, <laughs> just like, "Yo, uh, yeah, you see." First time, but, huh? but yeah, first time, huh? That meme's so good. Um, but but then at the same time, I'm like, "Yeah, dude, uh, that wasn't cool." And it's not hard for me to empathize with that moment. Like, there's nothing in me that's like, I'm going to stop myself from empathizing. Like, that's just not, I mean, maybe that's my own personal wiring or how I was raised or, you know, the work Jesus has done in my life. Uh, but but I, I won't discount that from them. But a part of me is just like, mm, yeah. yeah, sucks, yeah. don't it? <laughs> Well, it could be like something where like internally that's where you're at, but externally you're still trying to be sympathetic and empathetic and right, whatever. Um, so here, let's talk some more stats. Um, this is from a 2016 PRI, PRRI survey, which is one of the places we often use for stats. 57% of white respondents said they believe discrimination against white people was as significant a problem as discrimination against black people. So the majority of white people said discrimination against white people was as big of a problem as discrimination against black people. Only, Obviously, only 29% of African Americans agreed. Only 38% of Hispanic Americans agreed. 66% of the white working class believe that discrimination against white people um, is as big of a problem in America as discrimination against black people. So in the working class of white people, that number even goes up. Um, and then some researchers at Tufts University and Harvard reported in 2011 that many white Americans felt as though they suffered the greatest discrimination among racial groups. So oh, this I've idea... had this conversation before <laughs> in church and out of church. Yeah, so we are in a area right now, I think due to some affirmative action, due to some public policy, and due to some positioning where there are some white people that believe that white the white race is the most discriminated against in america in the same way that some people think christians are the most discriminated against in america compared to other religions um (laughs) i don't laugh at that because i'm trying to make fun of it but it's just i don't know man like that's just that's hard that one's hard for me that that is hard for me to have empathy for that viewpoint when you just look at society as a whole that just feels like you've I don't know. Well, how does that hit you, Ryan? When you when you hear that, uh, just when I'm sure you've heard like 
white people experience racism more than black people now? Like, what what do you do in moments like that, or how does that hit you? I just the only thing I've ever found to be helpful in those moments is just to bring out history is just to be like, but dude, segregation was here. And like, but dude, I know you didn't do this, but this is what your grandparents got. And this is what my grandparents didn't. Um, and, and then just to say, you're saying this, but then I just paint the reality of their life. Cause it's typically with middle-class white people that I have this conversation with. Uh, so now, you know, in a different, if I was in a more urban setting or if I was in a, higher class or lower class setting it'd it'd be different but uh, i can't speak to that but with middle class white people when they talk to me about this i'm i literally just have to look at them and say but look at your life like what like your life is not comparatively hard and you don't have these shared experience now that doesn't mean your life doesn't have hard things about it but they they're looking at me like all angry and I'm like, but you're paying your bills. Like you have a mortgage, you own a home, you yeah. have dual income. Like your kids are going to a good school. Like you're able to save for call. I'm like, I don't, wh what else do you need other than like your, a soothed conscience? Cause then it just turns into like my conscience is pricked and I, and I'm upset and, and you're the closest thing to me that is going to challenge that. So I'm going to be defensive. And then I just look at them and go, okay but like we follow jesus and your life isn't that hard uh yeah. look at history and and look at what black people have been subjugated to you don't have that and it it sometimes moves the needle and it sometimes doesn't but for me i just go like oh my goodness like there could be a thousand parking spots designated for white yeah. people <laughs> anywhere for anything and if you just take one of those parking spots away and say, this is just going to be for one of our black employees at Intel, literally, it'd be, it, it, we'd be up in arms. It'd be like, we got to protest against this. I can't believe there's re reverse racism discrimination happening here. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're just giving this one black employee a parking spot. Is that okay? But it's like, man, it, we're just so capitalistic in everything that, um, Anything that goes against that American dream, grind, bootstrap, yeah. ga grab onto power and hold on to it as hard as you can, that's also part of the American dream. Yeah. Um. It it uh it it kind of just does not compute, and so it's just I don't know. That's just a ramble, but it's like ah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. how it goes. Even in, even to my Christian friends, or and and Christians that I talk to about this, it's almost always actually with Christians that I talk to, and have that kind of conversation with. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think in, in thinking of racism in terms of versus racism versus prejudice, racism versus systemic racism, like I'm just, again, we've talked about this before. I'm just more personally interested in sin on a structural and systemic level than I am on an individual level. Not that individual sin doesn't matter, but just in terms of racism, like when a bunch of racist white peoples can come together and create systems and structures, i.e. America, not that I'm saying America's racist at its core, um, but it, it, when you have a bunch of individual racists come together to form a group, then that becomes an oppressive force against a group. If it's just isolated to individuals hating other individuals, although that grieves me, it's not as big of a concern. It's still concerning, but not as big of a concern as what I'm seeing when it's whole groups of people. And so that's why it's one of those things where it's like, man, I... I want to be empathetic if, if you've been like, I mean, I wish I had someone to talk to when I was called those names as a kid or when I felt like I was being cornered, but that's still to me, 
just a little bit lesser of a concern than when whole swaths of people who hold racist ideals then form housing organizations, uh, form government systems. Like, that is just so much more my concern. And in America right now, that is white people. Uh, and it's historically white people. It, there's still not majority of leaders that are black in America. That's just not the case. And if that was the case, and majority of those leaders had individual prejudices against white people, and they came together to subjugate white people in a serious governmental way, then yes. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, that'd be a problem. Of course. <laughs> Could you imagine? Dude. <laughs> but that's just wild. what's happening already to black people. So to black people. Right. Again, I have grace, and I want to be with you if you've experienced hatred, but we do have to weigh things in terms of how monumental they are. So right. I'm going to read one last quote. The consequences are not to scale. Go ahead. From uh, activist Tim Wise, and then we'll reflect on some Bible stuff, Ryan. Sweet. So Tim Wise says, When a group of people, such as racialized individuals, has little or no power over you institutionally, they don't get to define the terms of your existence. They can't limit your opportunities, and you needn't worry much about the use of a slur to describe you and yours. Since, in all likelihood, the slur is as far as it's going to go. What are they going to do next? Deny you a bank loan? Yeah, right. White perceptions are what end up counting in a white-dominated society. If whites say Indians are savages, be they, uh, or if whites say Indians are savages, then by God, they'll be seen as savages. If Indians, on the other hand, say whites are mayonnaise-eating Amway salespeople, who the hell is going to care? If anything, whites will simply turn it into a marketing opportunity. When you have the power, you can afford to be self-deprecating after all. So his whole point is basically, yeah, that slur sucks. Like that slur sucks that you were called that or you felt that or you felt prejudice against. But that slur doesn't go beyond the slur. When other slurs used against minorities and specifically the black community, those slurs went beyond the slurs into denying bank loans, denying housing loans, denying, you know, basic human rights. So it's just when in a white dominated society, in a white majority society, white people generally get to define the terms. Uh, it's just the same thing we see with Kaepernick kneeling for police brutality, but white people say it's actually about the flag and the military, and that's what we end up talking about. We don't talk about police brutality, we talk about the anthem. And the same thing with other racial issues. We don't talk about what black people are saying them are. We're going by the terms set by white people. That's just how our society works. Um, and so even if there's individual prejudice against white people by black people or other minorities, I care about that, but I just don't care as much as I do about things that really impact the livelihood of people. So, Ryan, beyond that, uh, is there anything that you know maybe you could offer uh, insight, biblically speaking, uh, as to how we should go about addressing uh, racism against white people or, or prejudice against white people? Like even thinking like to empathize with your white brothers and sisters who are listening and felt they've been discriminated against or felt they've been attacked for being white. Like, do you have a pastoral word or biblical comfort? Uh, dude, this might be a stretch, but <laughs> there was a time, uh, where Paul had to call out Peter for deciding to go and eat with, um, the Jews instead of the Gentiles when yeah. they showed up to Antioch. My encouragement and interpret this however you like, whatever the Lord is saying to your conscience, or if you're non-Christian, then like whatever your potential like uh, internal sense of justice might be saying. Uh, if you go and sit at the table, and you put yourself at the table with the other, with, specifically the minority, specifically black or minorities in, in America, 
And if somebody lobs up a grenade or a slur at you or says something that makes you uncomfortable, stay at the table. You're going to be fine. Hmm. Now, that doesn't mean if it's violent or if it's like psychologically harmful uh, and brings up trauma or something like that, you should stay. But just go stay at the table. Just stay there and and eat and get to know stories and listen. And if you're awkward and don't have the language and feel out of place or need to get caught up, own it because we're human. And black people never expect the white kid who's trying to learn to have all the answers when they come and hang out and sit at the table. They never do. My family has never expected that of white people. And I've got best friends that I grew up with that uh, my family still loves, my mom and my dad, that they still ask about. And they never expected them to show up and be coded. Um, and anytime we would make a comment about them being white, it would never be something that would really go farther than, hey, we just love you, and it was funny. Um, mm-hmm. And so, stay at the table. Yeah. That's, that's my word to you. Just stay. Don't leave and go and eat with the Jews again. Stay at the table. Hmm. No, that's a good word. I don't know how much of a stretch it is, but that's a good word. (laughs) Thanks, G. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is just Matthew 5, 44. uh, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So even if you you are black and you hate white people, uh, there's still a reality in here of trying to learn how to love them. If you're white Mm -hmm. and hate white people, if you're white and hate black people, or you're white and hate black people who hate white people— your and your your call is still to love them. Like even if you, it's funny, you don't hate I, that, all that made sense still. Yeah, even though you, you know, it could be that you you hate those who hate white people. You don't hate them because they're black or whatever, but you just hate them because it's hypocritical or whatever. Your your only option still as a Christian is to love them and not love them in a liking way, like I like them or I have emotions towards them. It's to seek their goodwill. That's what love means. So regardless if it's you know you hate them, they hate you, you hate yourself, you hate others, whatever it is, your only solution is to seek the goodwill of those around you. Mm-hmm. So that's my word, and cool. we're out here. Episode 8, done. Episode In the 8. Books. Catch you later. Bye.